Yeah, I hope you enjoyed that new song. I definitely did. It was beautiful to to think in, sing in two different ways about the glory of God. And particularly um, in that first one, there was a line about Jesus being the lion. And it reminded me of our um, all the beautiful imagery that we've been um I don't know, um, enveloping ourselves in as we've been talking about Daniel um, over the past uh, weeks and months. Um, I know many people have found that series to be incredibly encouraging and I hope that it won't be uh, just a passing thing but something that we continue uh, to remember. Maybe um, maybe having that during this particular um, time in our lives will be a way for us to have it stick in our, our minds and our brains. I hope it will be. It's um, It's easy sometimes to let something that you learn from God's Word sort of you know fall out and then the next thing piles in um but um yeah it's been very very lovely to hear so many people um talking about how encouraging daniel has been and as we move into proverbs i'm looking forward to seeing um, the next lot of things that god's going to teach us because we need god to teach us um and and as you may know if you've joined with us before um we are very um very ready um, and very open in Sorrow Bible Church about saying that we're not perfect <laughs> and saying that that's one of the reasons that we're here. If we were perfect, what would we be doing here? Um, there'd be no reason. But our sin and the ways that we turn against God mean that we do need to be here. Um, and we come here not just to wallow in our sinfulness, but to be encouraged and emboldened and um, just you know, enveloped by God's love as he offers us forgiveness. So we're going to take a moment now um, to confess to God our sins. I'm going to read um, a prayer interspersed with some beautiful verses um, uh, from God's word. And um, then after that, we're going to have uh, Leonie continue to lead us in a time of more general prayers about how we're going in the world and at all aware. Um, so let's spend a time praying to God. You may want to close your eyes. You may want to bow your head, however you find it helpful to um, to talk to God. Let's do that now together. God is light and in him is no darkness at all. If we say we have fellowship with him while we walk in the darkness, we lie and we do not practice the truth. We bring our hearts before you, Lord, full of evil and selfishness. We think about the ways we have failed you, have chosen other things over you, or have gone against your ways. We are deeply sorry. We turn away from the times we have been greedy, immoral, or unloving, and we say sorry. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by his blood shed for our sake, we ask that you would hear our prayer, have mercy on us, forgive us, cleanse us, and change us. If we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus his son cleanses us from all sin. Thank you that you don't punish us for the wrong we have done, that you have acted with compassion on us. For your name's sake we pray. Amen. And having confessed our sins, we say from your word, praise be to the Lord, to the God our Saviour, who daily bears our burdens. Our God is a God who saves from the Sovereign Lord comes escape from death. Let's continue praying. As we uh, continue to pray, um, I'd like to read a few verses from Psalm 62. Find rest, O my soul, in God alone. My hope comes from Him. 
He alone is my rock and my salvation. He is my fortress. I will not be shaken. My salvation and my honour depend on God. He is my mighty rock, my refuge. Trust in him at all times. O people, pour out your hearts to him, for God is our refuge. Let's continue to pray to our great God. We pray to you, um, our Lord, our refuge and stronghold. We pray for the health and the well-being of our nation and all nations around the world. In our relative safety, our hearts go out to those who are facing the devastating impact of losing loved ones and the trauma of this disease. We pray for all who are affected by the coronavirus through illness or isolation or anxiety. We pray they may find relief and recovery and that all who are fearful and anxious may be at peace and free from worry. Lord, graciously hear us. For those that are more isolated and housebound, we pray we may be alert to their needs and we may care for them uh, and in their vulnerability and their loneliness, we may be there. For those that are facing health issues, broken relationships, family pressures or financial challenges and stress, we pray that they may know your comfort and peace. We also pray for those that are guiding our country, making critical decisions and shaping national and state policies. We pray that they make wise decisions. Lord, guide to the leaders in our church as they continue to plan wisely for the return of face-to-face -face gatherings. Thank you that you have blessed us with so many people active in our service teams and you're equipping our service team leaders, the central coordinators, the volunteer pastors, elected representatives and pastoral team throughout this challenging time. We praise and thank you for their work. And we pray that you will help us be a blessing to those around us, that we may show your love and kindness, your compassion, your friendship in our thoughts and actions every day. You know how easily we get distracted in the demands of daily life and we forget to keep our eyes on you. Help us to refocus on you, trusting in you, thanking you and resting in you. And Lord, graciously hear us as we pray in the name of your dear Son, our Saviour, Jesus Christ. Amen. Oh, it's wonderful to just stop and think about those things. Um, one of the things that I really enjoy um, about gathering uh, and the different gatherings that we have um, at Sorrow Revival is hearing different people um, pray and we're all talking to the same God and we're all coming from the same word um, but as we pray God uses our particular um, desires and, um, and thoughts and um, yeah and just the way that we talk to God so um, thanks Leonie it was lovely to hear you um, guiding us in that prayer time and I hope that that's going to encourage you um, yeah, in your prayer times this week to be um, thinking about the way that you're particularly praying to God and, and, and taking on. I, I love that sometimes I hear somebody praying in church and I think, oh, I've, I've never prayed quite that way before, but that's, that's beautiful and it, it changes and grows the way that, that we pray ourselves um, when we're talking to God on our own. 
There's a few things going on at the moment. Um, I wonder if you've been keeping track of your um, your inbox in your emails this week. We had the results of our survey, our initial survey that um, was shared with us on Tuesday, um, and um, and that was exciting to see. Uh, yeah, so many um, positive thoughts about where we're at. Um, we there were issues raised, but we were able to think about those, and it's really good to hear where people are at. Um, following that, we actually have another another survey. Um, your Thursday should have been um, when you received that. And this is just delving a little bit deeper um, because we are now moving towards gathering together physically again. Wow, <laughs> it seems a little bit unreal, but it's um, very, very exciting. And one of the things that um, we want to encourage everyone in is if you're feeling a little bit apprehensive about that, that's okay. If you're champing at the bit to meet together that's okay too but please be a little bit patient we want to do this well we want to do this in a way that looks after everyone we want to do this in a way that honors um, you know the governing authorities which the Bible tells us to do in the ways that they're really encouraging us to be careful um, and that's going to involve different things like keeping track of who's at our gatherings like making sure that our food which is such a wonderful and integral integral part of what we do um, at Soul Revival as we gather and get to know each other making sure that food is Done in a safe way um, and in a way um, that looks after everyone and our hospitality team have for many years been serving us with different sorts of diets and different sorts of things and they've already been above and beyond um, with cleanliness as we um, as we share food together but there'll just be a few extra things that they need to keep in mind um, we're going to have to be thinking about spacing and physical distancing in our gatherings and with all those things in mind um, yeah we just want to do this the best way we possibly can uh, to look after each other, um, to honour God and to actually be a real witness, I think. Um, at this time, I don't know, I was, I was saddened at early days of COVID to hear um, some things said by people who were um, you know, speaking on behalf of, of a church or on behalf of God that perhaps weren't very wise. Um, and really, you know, it's so easy for us to bring the church into disrepute and by doing that to bring Jesus into disrepute, giving people an opportunity to, to speak down. So I hope that as a revival, and I'm confident that as a revival, we're going to be very careful of that um, and be wise in the way we act towards outsiders and to be above reproach. So please join with us in that journey. Um, there are going to be a number of different meetings in the coming weeks for people who are involved in different sorts of teams. Keep an eye out on your emails for those things as well. And just a little note about the most recent survey that's come out. There may well be some questions in there that are not relevant to you. Um, rather than having a stab, um, please just leave those questions out. If you're a bit like me and you're not much of a survey person, you might not have realised that I actually made a phone call this week and asked Karen, what do I do when there's a question that doesn't apply to me? Um, and she said, just don't do it, Fee. I said, oh, am I allowed to do that? <laughs> so if you're a bit like me and a bit dumb about surveys, then be um, encouraged. And there's also some opportunity for some sort of short answer type questions for some comments in that survey. So have a little think about that too. We love to hear as many opinions as we can. There's no wrong opinions. It's about where you're at. So whether it's a mix of positive and negative, whether you're feeling really, really positive or you're feeling really, really negative, please you know, give us that feedback. We'd really love to hear it. The next thing we're going to do is the most important thing we do. It's our revival. And it's hearing from God's word. 
as we begin our time in Proverbs. We're going to be hearing from the first chapter and, and Lindsay's going to share that with us. Well, we begin a new series um, on Proverbs. So we'll start at the beginning, an introduction to Proverbs, beginning at chapter 1, verses 1 to 6. The Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel, for attaining wisdom and discipline, for understanding words of insight, for acquiring a disciplined and prudent life, doing what is right and just and fair, for giving prudence to the simple, knowledge and discretion to the young. Let the wise listen and add to their learning and let the discerning get guidance for understanding proverbs and parables, the sayings and riddles of the wise. Uh, thanks, Lindsay. Uh, as Fee said, I actually want to extend my welcome to you as Fee did. I'm Jai, one of the pastors here at Sora Revival Church. And we are starting a new series in Proverbs and we are going to be looking at this first chapter and the, as you can see, the, the title of our series is The Art of Living. And in particular, we're going to be looking at wisdom as we go through Proverbs. We're going to do a short little time, you know, only four or five weeks. And so we're going to pick up this theme of wisdom throughout the book of Proverbs. So we're not going to go through every one, but I encourage you to have a read of it because it's well worth it. Uh, it's very, uh, there's some wonderful things, there's some weird things. Uh, as we just heard read wonderfully from Lindsay, there are some riddles and stories and things in there that will stretch our brains. And that's really what riddles are and what a lot of these proverbs are. They're things that will stretch our brain or stretch our thinking, uh, which is cool. It's good. It's good to have our, our brain stretched. And I must admit, I do find it a little bit weird that I'm kicking off this series for us in wisdom because I'm probably not the most wisest person. Uh, and... You know, I do dumb things all the time. My wife shakes her head at me, Christine, uh, all the time because I, I do really dumb things, like trip over something that's not even there, uh, which is kind of a standard practice for me. But we're going to have a crack at it. We're going to have a look at it. And luckily, uh, as we go through this, and hopefully we'll see this as we go through, that the wisdom isn't dependent on me or anybody else, but it's the importance is where wisdom comes from and the wisdom that we seek. And that's what we're going to look at a bit uh, this afternoon. So I'm going to pray and we'll have a bit of a look. So let's do that. Our dear gracious God, we thank you for your word. We thank you for a new series in Proverbs. Father, we pray that you would help us as we, as we do this, Father. We pray that you would give us uh, hearts and minds to understand your word, to put these things into practice and to live in a way that honours you and glorifies you. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, Proverbs might not be something that you're not familiar with. You might not be familiar with the book itself, but the idea of Proverbs, you've probably have come across, even if you haven't realized that they're actual Proverbs. You, you know, they're little kind of sayings or little one-liners that, that have some, some sort of meaning or teaching behind them. And I'll share a couple that I did a bit of a Google and, uh, and had a bit of a look. I'd love to hear any of your go-to ones in the comments. I'd love to hear that. Peter Anderson, I'm looking at you. I'm expecting to see some coming from you because um, you always got some little good little tidbits like that. Um, here, here are some. Uh, don't count your chickens before they hatch. It's one pretty common, isn't it? Uh, a jack of all trades is a master of none. Don't bot off more than you can chew or kind of ones that you, would, you kind of hear from time to time. I haven't heard this one. I know this one's kind of got me thinking a bit. And this is... When you're thirsty, it's too late to think about digging a well. I'm sure there's something in that. I'm still kind of figuring how that applies to some things, but 
I'm sure it does. Um, and one that I actually used in our Daniel series that, uh, that you may remember or you may not have, and that is this, and that is there is nothing permanent except change. It's very true, isn't it? That everything is moving and changing and nothing stands still. Now, these are little proverbs, these are little sayings that have teaching and, and help us to live life, to, to grow in wisdom so that we may master this art that is called living which seems that we're all trying to do that in some way or another. There's books on this, you know, how to, how to live well, how to work well, how to do business well, how to do this well and this well. There's all these sorts of things. Even these life hacks that are all over YouTube. They're all about trying to live well. It's all about trying to work out this art of living well. Well, what does Solomon, who is the writer of Proverbs, and there's actually a few people who uh, say a few things in here, not just Solomon, but Solomon's the one who kicks us off here. What does he talk about? How does he set up this book for us? And it's important for us to think about that. How does he tell us what wisdom is? What does he mean when he says wisdom? Because we all might mean we might be thinking different things. Well, he unpacks it a little bit in these first six verses that we looked at. So let's have a look. One thing is he talks about the word insight. Wisdom has, a, has insight involved in it. See there, verse 2 says that all this is for understanding words of insight. Now, when I hear something like that, when I hear the word insight, I'm thinking of someone who notices the differences, who sees the distinctions that other people don't get. Now, my mind goes straight to someone like Sherlock Holmes. Now, if you've seen any of the movies or the TV shows, you see Sherlock Holmes, he walks into a crime scene, Everybody else is looking there trying to find things and trying to work out what's happened. He works in and all of a sudden, bang, there's like a bazillion things that no one else sees. And he goes, oh, here's what's happened. And he's you know, basically solved the crime. But nobody else has seen it. See, insight is kind of that idea of when everything else is blurry to everybody else, the person who has insight actually sees with clarity. Sees not the fuzziness, but with clarity clear eyes now not only does wisdom have this insight to it and it's worth realizing too as we look through this that wisdom is more than just knowledge Solomon is not talking about having heaps and heaps of knowledge because we can know lots of stuff lots of facts I know a number of people who love trivia and they will say sometimes that the information they know about trivia really has no impact on the rest of their lives is almost useless information except for trivia. Oh, I wish I could remember any information, let alone useless information. Uh, that would be helpful. But it's more than that. Wisdom is actually taking that knowledge and putting it into practice. Wisdom is, is acting on the things that we know. And how we act on those things is what Solomon continues to unpack. He says here that uh, the part of wisdom is prudence. Now that word has that idea of, of exercising care and concern and, and a bit of forethought, uh, planning and thinking about what is going to happen in the future. It's, it's that idea of making decisions now that will actually achieve something later on. So wisdom has that element of that, that prudence to it. That, that desire for care and, and good judgment of what is going to take place in the future. Also, Solomon uses another word in here. It talks about discretion. That's that idea of, I guess, of um, self-discipline or self-restraint. 
that idea of being sensitive, something that I know in my youth, even probably even still today, uh, discretion is not always something that I'm all that good at. I sometimes will say things and realize, oh, that is something I probably shouldn't have said. And then you have that phrase that, you know, we're talking about proverbs and things like, you know, you put your foot in your mouth, very good at doing that. It's not really discretion when we do that. We, it's when we, we talk before we think. And these, these things, this, and I think what's really good about us doing wisdom now, as Fee was talking, we're coming, well, there's light at the end of the tunnel. We're coming closer to that time where we will meet physically. But we, we really do need wisdom in how we do that. We need, we need insight into how we are all feeling. Some of us, as Fee said, we're chomping at the bit. And that's awesome. I want to get back. I can't wait. So to be talking to you face to face instead of these three little eyes on the, on the camera here, I love to be talking to your eyes, to your face. But there are some of us too who are really worried that something, that this might happen again or they might get sick or they might, or our church might be the beginning of something else. And so we need insight into how we are thinking and therefore we also need prudence as we move forward, thinking long term, not doing things now that we don't want to do later. And we need discretion in how we do that. And as we do that, it's actually this really amazing thing is that as we, we work hard on this sort of wisdom, it will actually help us to wisely love others, which is something that we are really big on. We want to love God with all our heart, soul, mind and strength. And we want to love our neighbours as ourselves. And we need wisdom at this time to do that well. And it's really amazing that we are in Proverbs doing this now. The timing is great. Because when we get to Proverbs, we find that Proverbs offers us such rich instructions on how we are to live. How to, to live lives that glorify God. Lives that are good. Lives that make wise decisions, good decisions. Lives that, that are effective in serving one another and caring for each other. And it's an amazing book that we are going to be looking at. But there is also a danger when we get into Proverbs. And here's the, the, the danger, is that we look at the Proverbs that we'll see and the teachings there, and we will either look at it as a, a tool to be good or bad, or to use it as a set of moral standards that we need to tick off. Now, if we look at the wisdom of the Proverbs in that way, we actually cheapen the wisdom that is on offer. What do I mean by that is Proverbs, the wisdom in Proverbs is, is not less than being good. And it's not less than being moral. It's more than both of those things. It is those things, but it's much more. And so we need to be careful that as we, as we look through Proverbs, that we don't get caught up trying to work out how to be a moral person or how to be a good person. Proverbs is about being a wise person, which is both of those things and much, much more. And this might be an example to try and help that out. There are times in life where we will make decisions that are actually not based on good or bad or even right or wrong or even our moral standing or what our morals are. There are decisions that we have to make, the choices that we have to make that those sorts of things actually can't help us in. And here's, here's an example. Just say you were going for a, for a job and you're offered two really, really good jobs. 
Both of them are equal. There's, there's nothing wrong with either of them. There's no moral dilemma. There's no good or bad. They are both even, evenly good, evenly moral, great jobs. But you've got to choose between the two. How does having good morals or knowing good and bad help you in that decision? It doesn't really. What you need is something more than morals and the knowledge of what is good. You need wisdom. You need prudence. You need insight. You need discretion for what might take place later on. So it's good to have morals. It's good to know what is good and what is not. But wisdom, wisdom carries with it something that is beyond both of those things. And it's wisdom that we need now more than ever as we come out of COVID, as we come out of this time of being isolated and we start interacting with each other. We need to know how other people are feeling and not put pressure on one another, to care for one another, to love one another, to display these things that Solomon starts off with. Now, when we talk about wisdom, there is often many different sources we look to for wisdom. There's the, the self-help guru who writes books. We go to them and or there's the, the person, as I said earlier, you know, who does the life hacks that we go to and they teach us how to hack at life. No, do good things in life to save time, all that sort of stuff. Um, they're, they're, the people turn to religion. People turn to intellectual thinkers, lecturers, uh, presidents, prime ministers, all those sorts of things. Now, the problem is that with all that, all that wisdom that is gleaned from those people, and they're not, I'm not saying that it's bad, the wisdom they have. But sometimes the wisdom that is given is not always the wisdom that is needed. And it's not always a wisdom that, is, that has all the information at hand. When Solomon is talking about wisdom, he's talking about wisdom coming from the source of wisdom. Now, we didn't read this because I wanted to read this to you myself. It's a very well-known uh, verse in Proverbs and in the Bible. It's one that you probably know and probably didn't even know it came from here. And it is this. Verse 7 says these words. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. It is the beginning of wisdom. But fools despise wisdom and instruction. When Solomon is talking about growing and understanding and being wise, he's saying here in verse 7 that, that wisdom comes from God. Now, if you know anything about Solomon, he was told he's the, he's the son of David. He becomes king and God tells him, because Solomon is a man who loves God with all his heart, who trusts God, who is a, is a, a follower of Yahweh, a follower of God, God says to him as his king of his people, he says, ask of me anything and I'll give it to you. Now, Solomon doesn't ask for money or popularity or wealth or any of those. He doesn't ask for any of those things. He asks for one thing, which is wisdom, which is wise in and of itself, really, isn't it? And so God gives him wisdom that is far beyond anybody who has ever lived before him or after him. People would come from everywhere to ask Solomon for his wise advice. The, the wisdom that came from God actually blessed many nations and many people. But Solomon knows and he wants us to know that wisdom comes from God first and foremost because he is the source of that wisdom. 
In fact, we are told in Isaiah that when Jesus comes, that he will, he will have all the wisdom of God, all the understanding of God, the full knowledge of God. So when he comes to bring in the kingdom of heaven, which is what he says he does in Matthew 12, he says that he's come here to bring in the kingdom of God. He comes and does it in the most wisest, amazing way. But the problem is that we don't see it as wisdom. Because we have in our mind that if you are the most wisest thing to do, if you're going to bring in a kingdom, is to do one of many things. Things like come as a general of an army and defeat all the enemies and establish your kingdom with power and authority and fear. But that's not what Jesus does. Or you might think that he should come as a great philosopher and with great thinking and understanding and convince everybody to stop what they're doing, turn around and start doing something else, start doing things that he is saying to come and be a part of his kingdom. Or you might think of a whole bunch of other ways, but I guarantee you that the first thing that we would think of, would not think of is by coming down from heaven being born of a virgin, living in a family where, the, where your dad is a carpenter, and then growing up, spending three years basically living from couch to couch, from house to house, living under the open stars, telling people and teaching people about God, but then dying on a cross. That does not sound like the way that you bring in a kingdom does not sound like a wise way to do that. But we're told in 1 Corinthians by Paul that it is the most wisest thing ever. Because in that, we see a wisdom that goes beyond our understanding. It's a, it's a wisdom that has insight into the human heart. It's a, it's a wisdom that has prudence, that has care, and forethought. He knows what is needed before we even need know what we need. It's, it's making a plan for what will happen in the future, a plan for eternity. It is a, it is a wisdom that has discernment, that has discretion, that knows how, how, what we need and how we need it. Knows that there are some who will be low and need to be lifted up. There are some who are high that need to be brought low. There's a wisdom that transcends all wisdom that we could understand. And yet we know, as Paul says, that this message, this cross that Jesus came and died on, 1 Corinthians 1.18 says that this cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. But to those who are being saved, it is the power of God. It is the wisdom of God. He continues on and says, I God says, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise. The intelligent of the intelligent, I will frustrate. See, this makes no sense unless you know the origin and the author of wisdom. See, when Jesus dies on the cross, not only is it the most gracious, loving, merciful thing our God could do for us, but it's also the most wisest thing known to the human race see if we want this wisdom 
We need to humble ourselves before God and say that we do not know everything. And how hard is that to say? I, uh, Christine asked me yesterday to pick up some prepaid post bag things and she sent a picture and said, can you grab this? And I went, yes, no worry. I walked in, I grabbed one, I got home, said, I got it. And she said, oh, just one? And I went, no, yeah, you only asked for one. And she said, no, I asked for three. I said, no, no, you said one. I know you said, well, I've got the message. And I pulled out my phone and I said, see, it says three. And I had to admit that actually I got that one wrong, which is quite common. But it, it, it's hard for us to admit that we're wrong, to admit that we don't know everything. And that is, that is a hard thing for us. See, we can, we can be fools and know that we are fools, but we can also be fools but think we are wise in our own eyes. And that becomes a stumbling block for us. And so my, heart, my prayer for us as we start this series is that we will know who we truly are, that we will know that we are fools. And I'm sorry, if that offends you, I don't mean to offend you. It's coming from the biggest fool of them all. What I mean by being a fool is that it's really just it's a position of humility to say that we don't know everything. That we are an empty cup ready to be filled with the wisdom of God. And it's when we are empty, when we acknowledge who we are, then we can come before God. And we can, we can take this wisdom that is on offer for us. Because as Paul continues on to say in 1 Corinthians 1, he says, that we were not wise by human standards. I, there was nothing about me that made me stand out as a wise person for God to choose, as a good person, as a moral person for God to choose. There's none of those things. The reason that God chose me, he chose you, was to shame those who think they are wise. And so that we would not be people who boast. So that we would be people who delight in our God, who are in awe of our God, because that's what the fear of God is. There's the two points of it. There's the negative and the positive. There's the, the fear, which is the negative, that I'm worried that God's going to hurt me, or the positive, where we don't want to offend God. We're in awe of God. And if you've ever seen someone who's famous that you just, that you love to bits and you just, you know, you see them on TV or aware as a band or something, and then you see them in person and you kind of just melt, like you just don't know what to say. Because you don't, you're just in, in awe of them. That's the type of fear that Solomon is talking about in verse 7 and the fear that we are to have before God. That we're in so awe of Him that, that we come before Him in full humility and say, fill me up with your wisdom. Because I, the wisdom that I have is not the wisdom that it is needed to live this life to its fullest. In fact, that's what Jesus says in John 10.10, doesn't he? He says, I've come so that you would have life and have it to the full. So that you would know how to grow and know how to, to do this art of living and do it to its fullness. And so I encourage you, read through Proverbs, read through the words of Jesus because Jesus himself is the wisdom of God to hear his words, to not just go, oh, that's what it is to be good or bad, or that's what it is to have morals, but to see that it is much more than that. That there is wisdom in his words and in the, in the book of Proverbs to help us to make decisions where those things don't help. 
And so my prayer is that we will continue to grow in this wisdom as we humbly come before God. Now I'm going to pray um, and then I'm going to throw to, uh, to Neil and Prue. And I'll tell you what, it was really hard, Prue, not to, when we're talking about prudence, not to get you over here because that's the first thing that comes to my mind when we talk about prudence is Prue. Uh, anyway, I digress. Uh, I'm going to pray and then we're going to sing. So let's do that. Our dear gracious God, we thank you for your word. And we thank you for your time in it. Father, we pray that you would help us to grow in insight, to grow in prudence, to grow in discretion, to grow in wisdom. Father, we ask at this time that you would give us wisdom. Wisdom to, to live well and to love you well and to love others well, especially in this time as we come out of COVID. Father, we ask that, yeah, we ask that you would just help us to be patient, to give us wisdom to do that. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks again for listening to the Soul Revival Church podcast. Uh, just a reminder, if you want to watch any of these services that we hold live, you can go to soulrevivalchurch.com and you can see all the gatherings at the top of the page. You can choose anyone you wish. It can be on Friday, Saturday or Sunday. Thanks again and one way. Music is okay by Ixit.